Over the past few weeks, the Chiefs has profiled the Baltic's best-in-class. Today, before we take a short break, we draw things to a close with the man in charge of Helsinki's affairs, outgoing Mayor Jan Vapuvori. When Mayor Vapuvori took office in the summer of 2017, Helsinki was a reliable and predictable city. But it hadn't quite worked out how to market itself as such. In his time in office, Mayor Vapovori has turned this around, and as the pandemic shifts our priorities both as city dwellers and visitors, will Helsinki's functionality prove an even greater selling point? Joining me today from the Finnish capital, Mayor Vapovori gives us a masterclass in city strategy, taking us through the challenges and solutions to realizing Helsinki's potential and what he leaves behind for the city's successor. I'm Tyler Berlay in Zurich, and this is The Chiefs on Monocle 24. It's uh, wonderful to talk to you. As you know, and of course, many of our listeners will know, we are, we're Helsinki fans, so we should probably get that out of the way right away. But I, I want to start today with the topic of maybe perceptions and, and realities when we think about Helsinki. I want to maybe rewind uh, to when you came in office and maybe tell us a little bit about the city that, uh, that you took over. If I start with a story from the summer 2017 when I actually took office. It was at that time when the Brexit discussion was going on and became evident that some EU institutions needed to be moved from London. And the biggest one was the European Medical Agency, EMA, and then the commissioner who it was opened a challenge or a competition to apply for that agency. And Helsinki was competing with something like 18 other European cities. Then finally, Amsterdam won the race and and the agency went there. But what it taught us was that the rest of the world were not that well aware of Helsinki. Uh, So we had uh, some surveys among the employees of the medical agency in London, asked them where they wanted to move. And uh, Helsinki was not placed well in that competition. At the same time, we had a a similar kind of survey among the European Chemical Agency, which is already located in in, in Helsinki, the fifth biggest European institution, and asked them how they liked their life in in Helsinki. And it became evident that actually the European Chemical Agency had the, the personnel which were most pleased with the location of the institution among all European agencies. So uh, as I could say that uh, when I took office already at that time, uh, Helsinki was a quite good place, safe, clean, well-functioning and so on. But maybe our challenge was that we were not that well known uh, all around the world. And that's why I have actually put a lot of emphasis on internationalizing the city of Helsinki and, and, and promoting it all around the world, because I think that in our case, the product itself is already quite good, but we need to put more emphasis on our marketing. And then we also, what I faced from the very beginning was that part of our challenge is that the biggest strengths we have are actually strengths which also cities like Copenhagen and Stockholm have, but at the same time, they are bigger than Helsinki, they have a longer history and they are better known. 
we had a challenge uh, which was more like a marketing issue than a, a substance issue. But at the same time, of course, I think that um, one of my favorite ideas or quotes is that or has always been that and it actually comes from the, the world of tennis when, when some of the leading tennis players was, was asked when, when you talk about a, a game that uh, which need several kind of skills. So what should you, what should you focus on when you, you train? He told that, uh, of course, if you need a, a lot of skills, you need to practice them all, but you should pay special attention to your biggest strength because that gives you an opportunity to win games and your biggest weakness because if you do not that, you, you lose games. My idea was that the biggest strength of the city of Helsinki was that we are a reliable, predictable and functional city. And that actually led to the conclusion that the topic of the strategy of the city, which I then drafted, was the most functional city in the world. What we have done during these four years is that we have been putting a, a special focus and emphasis on what we think and what I think was the biggest strength of the city already four years ago, and at the same time trying to improve uh, especially our marketing of the city. Mayor, I'm speaking to you from Zurich today, and listening to this, it reminds me of some of the challenges that many Swiss cities have as well. You could also agree, functional, reliable, dependable, and you speak to many marketing people in this country, and they also are challenged with, these are all great values to have if you're setting up an agency, uh, if you, of course, are maybe looking for startup funding. But the distillation of that is that it's not very exciting. It's not very sexy. Dependable uh, often means not very surprising, etc. So how have you overcome that? Or or do you think in this day and age, uh, and maybe, of course, this all obviously predates the pandemic a bit, that actually dependable uh, and functional is good? Is that the new sexy, potentially? Yeah. When I started my roadshow uh, as a, a fresh mayor some years ago, I usually told my audience that I know that a vision of the most functional city in the world is maybe not that media sexy, but I was sure that it was relevant. It was relevant for our inhabitants. It is relevant for our corporations. It is relevant for tourists. It's relevant from more or less every angle. And I knew that it somehow it was a challenge. But uh, I love the story, and especially because it was it was a unique one. It was something which really differed us from from other cities. But now, when the whole world have been suffering from the pandemic, I dare to say that it has maybe become media sexy. And I think that those strengths uh, which are linked to the idea of being functional, predictable, reliable, and so on, have gained in value a lot during the pandemic. So, I mean, in the, the post-pandemic world, I think that those attributes, uh, which you usually link to Helsinki, have become much, much more important. But then at the same time, I fully agree that it's, it's good to be functional, but you should be fun and functional at the same time. You need to like to understand that the, the comprehensive uh, idea of a, a, a good life but I think that we are not that bad there either. Helsinki is a, I think it's a quite fun city where I think that we actually differ from at least Swiss cities is, is that according to several studies uh, and several rankings, 
we have maybe the best or among the best work pre-time life balances in, in, in Helsinki and Finland. This is a society and a culture where you actually respect the value of also other time, other things than spending your time in the office. That are a, a cultural issue which uh, is highly valued by young generations and especially families where they are not coming to the, the labor market with the same attitude that than some former generations that the most important thing is, is work, work and work. Let's spend a little bit of time on work, the importance of people coming into the city, of course, uh, for for commerce, for the exchange of ideas, uh, crisscrossing from one neighborhood to the other, flying in or taking the train or taking the boat to get to Helsinki. When you look at the city and the city that you, you won't be governing for much longer, are you concerned about the base of the city, the metabolism? One of the things that struck me when I was there, restaurants were open. It was amazing to be able to go to Seahorse for dinner and go to the Savoy. And it really, it felt like going into this extraordinary bubble. And this was uh, back at the end of of February. But what struck me, Mayor, was that there was, uh, at the same time, Everybody was largely working from home, and and of course at that point, what was what was also striking was the infection rates were not very high. You were still seen as a bit of a model student uh, in in all of Europe, but there was this, of course, this work from home ethic. What does that mean when we come out of it? Do you think there's going to be a, a positive bounce back? Are we going to see vitality, or is there going to have to be a lot of marketing that also needs to be done? What's going to have to happen? And of course, you're not alone as a city, but I'm just wondering your your areas of concern coming out of this pandemic leading an urban environment? First, it's important to understand why we have managed the pandemic that well compared to most other cities and countries in the world. The reason is not that we had been extremely innovative as far as restrictions uh, and recommendations are concerned. It is not due to a specially talent, prime minister or or mayor in in the capital, I think it it is a structural issue. Uh, First of all, uh, Finnish people and people in Helsinki, they trust the government, they trust authorities, and that leads to a phenomenon which is, is really valuable during the crisis, that people also follow rules, they follow restrictions and so on. Other reason is that and this is maybe not something I should tell you, but somehow we are not that social than, for example, people in in Southern Europe. And that's why, I mean, close, really physically close contacts between people are are not that common in Helsinki and Finland than they are in, in some other places. In this case, as far as the pandemic is concerned, of course, it has gained us a lot. And then, to be honest, we are still a, a quite small city, uh, we are not that dense. And that are like reasons why we have managed the pandemic that well. And now the case is that we need to be able to build on those even in the future. And uh, I think that that gives us some opportunities. But what I'm concerned of is that, of course, even in Helsinki, and even if the number of cases uh, have been much lower than in, in most other places, our like economy and, and the downtown Helsinki has suffered more or less as other big cities in, in the world. And now we are facing a totally new era in the 
economic life and world after this pandemic. Um, it is a little bit like maybe after a, the Second World War, I mean, where all cities all around the world have faced similar kind of problems. And there will be a really tough competition between cities for talents, for tourists, for investments. And uh, there, um, the fact that we are not maybe that well known is certainly a handicap. And another one is that even if we have made several steps forward during the last years and decades, we are like not international or multicultural enough. I remember already four years ago when I talked to the CEO for, for Supercell, which is maybe the best known tech company, gaming company in, in, in Helsinki and Finland, and asked what, what we could do for the company in, in the city of Helsinki. And he told me, and that is true even today, that if you have a company which is attractive enough, they don't have problems in, in getting talents from all around the world uh, to come and move to Helsinki and work for the company as long as they are singles. But but then uh, when they're a little bit older and they come with their families, then they face issues like how international the city actually is. Uh, is it possible to live your life there without understanding the domestic language. And yes, there you could say that in Helsinki, we have the advantage that more or less everyone speaks English. But then you are asked, how about uh, English kindergartens? How about English primary schools? That is something which we have put a lot of emphasis on, on during my term, and we have more than doubled English preschools and primary schools. But then you end up with a, a trickier question. How about your spouse and, and whether she or he has a possibility to get a job in Helsinki as well. And there I have to say that the amount of open vacant jobs in Helsinki for people who do not speak Finnish or, or Swedish is still relatively low. And, then, and that is something we have been worked with a lot. And I think that we have made a, a big progress, but still I'm a little bit worried. That is a case which is, is not in favor of, of, the, of the city when we are facing a, a tougher competition for, for talents. I'm not worried about our cultural life. I'm not worried about events in Helsinki. I'm sure that we can provide all people a world-class setup of all of that. But the, the issue of, of getting making the city still a little bit more international is something where we are only halfway. Sure. And I think everyone would understand that. But also your dilemma is is one which is not unique because, of course, there are mayors around the world who would like to, they know that they have an international city, but they have to deal with central government. They have to deal with their federal colleagues somewhere, which are also, you know, part of the story. And so I'm wondering, what is the conversation like between your office and the and the PM's office in terms of recognizing this issue, that there has to be a level of internationalization? You can only do so much. So is there a recognition or understanding in the PM's office uh, of how Finland markets itself internationally, not just how Helsinki markets itself, but also what your ambassadors are doing uh, around the world uh, from from a federal level? I think there is a quite good, wide national consensus of the importance of those issues you mentioned. And I think that we fully agree with the, with the prime minister and, and her office, as well as uh, the foreign ministry uh, uh, or ambassadors uh, 
But still, I would say that we have an agreement, but maybe the government has not understood how crucial the issue is. I mean, we do not have the best possible interaction with the local and central governments. We agree on that issue, or you could say that we don't disagree, but for us as a city, it's a much, much higher priority than it is for the central government. And there we still have uh, some, some work to do. Now we have a better situation uh, in the end of my term because we have a central government where the populistic party is not involved what was the case for the first two years during my term when, when the true Finns were part of the, the former government and they were actually able to block uh, several uh, reforms. We don't have that problem uh, anymore, but of course now we have the pandemic, which makes all kind of traffic uh, across borders a challenging issue. Let's uh, focus on the topic of, of traffic and borders and your position, which is, and I'm talking about your geographical position, your economic position, your cultural position, which has, it's, it's an interesting story because the, the Helsinki story has had you know, many hands involved in creating this, this bridge and, and this, this point of connection that you're recognized for now. It's been a part of government policy. Uh, of course, the government owns a big chunk of Finnair uh, and Finavia who are running the airport. And it's, it's quite amazing how Helsinki is recognized as this global point of connection. Now, the airport is not very busy at the moment. Uh, I was talking to to the CEO of Finnair when I w- was up there, and the Finnish story is no different than anywhere else when it comes to aviation. But in a way, it's more critical for you uh, as a city because you are so tethered to one airline. The hub story is is so important. Now, of course, you're going to weather this, but yeah, look at the city center of, of Helsinki. If you know anyone who knows the city well from the last decade... Almost any time of year, there are Chinese tourists, there are Japanese tourists, there are Korean tourists. Uh, You know that a lot of the stores, of course, depend on this point of connection and people stopping over. What happens moving forward? Does this mean that the city, along with, of course, all of your government partners, are going to have to market harder? Do you have to re-spin the story? Or does this dependable message continue to come through? It's a difficult moment ahead. Does there need to be a new pitch, Mayor? It's important to understand that there are few countries in the world which are that dependent on international trade than Finland is, and at the same time having a logistic disadvantage of being actually, at at least from a typical European point of view, located in somewhere uh, far away in the upper right corner, being more or less as a, a... island isolated from the rest of the continent, which has led, I mean, historically, that both air traffic as well as as maritimes has played a huge role in the success story of of Finland and also Helsinki. One anecdote is, by the way, that the Helsinki port has been the busiest passenger port in the whole Europe, despite of the relatively small size of of, of Helsinki. So we have more than 9 million people annually traveling only between Helsinki and Tallinn, and then some millions more between Helsinki and Stockholm and and Helsinki and and, and Germany and so on. And then, uh, of course, uh, our 
domestic air carrier Finna has played a huge role in in making Helsinki and Finland accessible, which was not the case earlier. But there, if we had the disadvantage that we were located far away from the European, Central European big markets, actually now we have the advantage of actually being located well as far as, as Asia is concerned. So as we know, the closest route from most Chinese, Japanese, Korean cities to Europe goes actually via Helsinki, which has given us a logistic advantage, which Finn has been able to build on and has meant really, really much for, for us. And there I'm quite like confident that we are able to to. to keep that special position even in the future because the, the pandemic changed a lot, but it do not change the geography. So, I mean, even after the pandemic, the closest route from Beijing or Shanghai or Tokyo to Europe goes goes via Helsinki. And that's why we have a, a good chance to keep that position, which then gives us the, the possibility due to a, a huge amount of for Asian passengers, uh, I mean, all, both business and, 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 and tourists, which want then to continue from Helsinki somewhere in, in Europe, that we uh, are able to keep a better network of direct flight connections to more cities than other cities of our size would have. Before we go, I would just like to um, maybe just reflect on your time in office. If you look back, of course, you're coming to the end of your term. Uh, everyone likes to deal in lists. Uh, if you look back, three highlights for you in terms of achievement, three things that you really think you delivered as a mayor that also uh, Helsing and Sonomat and everyone else w- would agree. Uh, what, what, what stands out for you? We have been able to make the profile of Helsinki higher and better known both domestic and internationally, which I think is building a a basis for very many other things. Taking into account that my judgment in the beginning was uh, that we have less problems with the product itself than how uh, well the rest of the world knows it. Second, I think that we have been able to make a quite big change in the organizational culture of of the city of Helsinki, where you need to understand better now that you need to be innovative, you need to be agile, you need to to work together, uh, coming out from silos, being more service-oriented. And there is also, I think, is, is something which has a big, not direct, but indirect effect on, on everything we, we do in the city. So the city of Helsinki is the biggest employer in the whole country with 37,000 employees. And as I have been to- telling them time after time that if all of you, or say half of you, or even 10% of you have a, a, a attitude which is a little bit more service oriented, a little bit more in, in favor of, of working together uh, with the community uh, and, and so on and so on. It actually has a bigger impact on, on everything we see in the city than any strategy 
could could have and there i think we have been able to to make uh, quite a lot of progress and then the third is that where we have also been build, building on 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 something where we were relatively good already before my term but where we have made a, a big um, leap forward is the utilization of digitalization i believe that of course the, the climate change is is the most fundamental or crucial or fatal uh, change global transformation which we are witnessing but the digitalization it's a much much bigger issue than the pandemic which has a much more profound uh, impact on on everything we see and and how we live and there the organizational structural ability and capability to utilize the new tools uh, is is certainly giving you a competitive edge in the future if you look ahead, when uh, and I'll come back to maybe what's going to happen in your time out of office just before we go, what still needs to happen? If, if you look across uh, the harbour of the city as you go down side streets, uh, as you wander through parks, look at tall buildings uh, coming up along the, the seascape, when you think about who's coming into office now, where does the city need to go? If you had a little wish list, Mayor Vapavori, what still needs to be done? The city itself, its skyline, or, or, I mean, the, the downtown Helsinki or even, even some residential areas, they change quite slowly. It do not happen that much in two years or four years or, or, or even, even 10 years. But then otherwise the world is, is changing all the time and more rapidly than ever before. And, and I think that most important for us is to understand that even if this is a quite good city, even if we have been ranked as the happiest nation in the world for three years in a row, and we place ourselves very well in in several rankings all the time, you need to understand that the competition in the world gets tougher and tougher all the time. So I think that for my successor, like most important is to keep up the spirit and speed and understanding that first of all, being good is not good enough in today's world, and you have to be aware all the time that the competition is getting tougher and tougher. Then where I'm a little bit maybe worried about is that in Finland, located, as we already talked, far away from everywhere, there is always a risk that all kind of leaders, whether municipal, uh, local or state level, national leaders, that they take a too domestic agenda. So for us, uh, being open to the world has been part of our success story during all the decades, and it will be that also, also even future, and maybe even more than we have understood, taking also into account something which we have not tackled during this discussion, that we have in the short term, we have one disadvantage or handicap that we happen to be the most rapidly aging nation next to Japan, and in Italy, in, in the whole world. And we are really facing a, a, a phase of our history where uh, there are much more people leaving the labor market than, than people who are entering it. And, and for, for several, several reasons, we need to understand that opening up to the world is even maybe even more important than so far. At the same time, when we are living in a world where different kind of populistic and national 
movements all around the world, uh, increasing uh, support. So, so that you need to understand the importance of, of working against that, fighting for a as open, as international city as possible. Otherwise, I think we don't have a, a big problem. Most of the basic elements of our society uh, are well in place. We have a lot of strength and a lot of strength, which I think will be gained in, in value more in the future. But, but as far as we do not forget how dependent we are for the rest of, of the world. And finally, last question, just before we go, uh, what, what's next for you, Mayor? Is it a nice gig in Washington as an ambassador? Is it uh, the prime minister's desk? Uh, is it private sector life? Uh, what happens for our listeners who are, are maybe not following uh, the daily politics of what's happening in Helsinki? That remains to be seen. I don't know yet. Uh, I think uh, most probably it will be something within the private sector. But for me, it's important, of course, that it will be something where I can build on what I have done, what I believe in, the experience which I have been able to to gain during the, the last years where I have been working most with urban issues, trying to understand global, global megatrends and how they affect cities. My thanks to Marianne Vapovori for joining us for this week's episode of The Chiefs. And you can read the interview in print in our latest edition of Monocle, available on all good newsstands now and, of course, by subscribing at monocle.com. This episode of The Chiefs was produced and edited by Paige Reynolds with the assistance of Desiree Bendley. I'm Tyler Brulé. Thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm.